Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Rattled and Shook is released weekly, every Thursday, and brought to you absolutely free. But if you want to listen ad-free, subscribe to Tenderfoot Plus at tenderfootplus.com or on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get exclusive bonus episodes. For more information, check out the show notes. Now, enjoy the episode. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Hi, I'm April. And I'm Meredith. And this is Rattled and Shook, a podcast where we tell scary stories and discuss our deepest, darkest fears. But in a fun way. Yep. Meredith, how are you feeling about uh, the amount of horror you've been consuming since starting this podcast? Um, I'm feeling pretty good. About- I'm feeling like a little bit stronger. Oh, nice. That's not true. I don't know why I said that. That's a lie. <laughs> I think the things that freak me out the most are when you tell me a story that you've experienced about like your sleep paralysis or something like that. Yeah. Then I get kind of freaked out. Or when I'm doing a listen through late at night Uh huh. and I'm alone. Those two scenarios. Okay. But I haven't watched like a horror movie with you since we've started this. So That's true. And I've been lobbying for that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm really excited for? I'm really excited for Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, Five Nights at Freddy's is a horror movie that's coming out at the end of October. Yeah, based on an indie horror game where you play as a security guard in a control room at night. It's like a scary Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah, the animatronics come to life and then you have to watch out for them in the monitors. Oh my God. Or they'll get you. I love animatronics. I love animatronics. We'll go see that together. That and The Exorcist. It'll be nope, great. I'm Double feature. It's definitely happening. You're going to see that and you're going to tell it's me about it. Both of us. No. Nope. Together. We're in this together. We're a team. <laughs> April, I watched The Exorcist trailer with my eyes closed. So you didn't watch it. You listened to The Exorcist trailer. <laughs> I, I listened to The Exorcist trailer. <laughs> Here's our first story. The 
The following happened to me when I was a kid in Scottsdale, Arizona. When I would wake up at night to get water or sneak a midnight snack, I would walk down the hallway from my bedroom and turn right into our kitchen. Our refrigerator did not have the water dispenser built in, so we had one of those three or five gallon jugs of water that you would flip onto the water dispenser. That was set up at the edge of the kitchen cabinet, right near the dinner table. Whenever I entered the kitchen at night, I would always have this weird feeling. Most of the time, I would shake it off pretty easily, but every once in a while, I couldn't. One night, after grabbing my cup and making my way to the water dispenser, I got this feeling that someone was right next to me, at the dinner table. I was kind of freaked out, so I tried to face the dispenser and pretend nothing was there, then turn away and exit as soon as my cup was filled. That was the plan until I saw something out of the corner of my eye. I slowly turned to my left toward the dinner table, and that's when I first saw the screaming man. Being a kid, I felt like he could have been a giant, but thinking back, he could have been five or six feet tall. He was glowing a reddish-orange and screaming with rage or pain. It was almost like he was on fire without being on fire. The other odd thing was I never heard him scream. It was like he was muted, screaming away, but I never heard a sound. It was like he was trapped on top of our dinner table and was not allowed to leave, held in place there and screaming in anger and agony. He was scary, but I never felt like I was in danger. This did not happen every night, but most nights when I woke up for water, I would start to feel him present and I would watch him scream on the table before going back to my room. I don't know if I felt like I would be made fun of or what, but I never ended up telling anyone about the man. After about seven years, my parents decided to move us all to Reno, Nevada, where I went to high school, met my wife, and ended up buying our first home. Shortly after we bought it, my brother and his wife bought their first home, somewhat near us. My brother is about three years younger than me, so we tend to do a lot of things together. We would take turns hanging out at each other's houses. Well, one night, my wife and I had my brother and his wife over for drinks and to hang out. The conversation was pretty uneventful when we switched topics and started talking about our favorite TV show, Ghost Adventures, and other general spooky things. There was a lull in the conversation. My brother turned to me and asked if I ever saw the screaming man at the house in Arizona. We all kind of stopped talking, and I replied with the one that was glowing reddish-orange. His eyes widened and said, wait, you saw him? The one that stood on the dinner table? I shook my head, yes. I asked why he has never said anything before, and he replied he figured it was just weird and maybe something only he just saw. It freaked us all out, and to this day, we still don't know who that man was or why he was angry and in so much pain. When we hear these stories and someone didn't say something at the time, I don't understand that. Me neither. He's like, why didn't you say anything to his brother? Why didn't you say something? Exactly. 
how did you just casually walk past this every night and just kind of move on with life? Mm -hmm. I wish he would have described his face more, but that's a pretty compelling image. Mm -hmm. Just to see someone with the <laughs> expression of a scream on their face, but with no sound coming out. Yeah. Pretty uh, haunting. Yeah, it reminds me of like um, like a Renaissance painting of like someone that's being like tortured or like, you know, have you ever seen those oh, old yeah. paintings where it's like someone that's being pulled to the underworld or something mm -hmm. like that? Like all these old paintings where someone's screaming and like yeah. grabbing their face and you can see them like tugging on their skin. And their eyes are bulging. Yeah. And it sounds pretty like tied to an item, like maybe the dining table, mm. which I, I I do think is interesting in ghost lore, being tied to an item more than being tied to like a place. Yes. I do like haunted items. He could also have been tied to the water jug. <laughs> oh, the talking about the water jug, I was like, that used to be such a thing. Um, I remember like in Gilmore Girls, them asking Dean, one of the boyfriends, to like change their water. And I remember watching that recently. I rewatched it re recently and was like, wow, people don't do that anymore. Like they think of those in maybe an office. Yeah. So I actually have one of those in my apartment. Right now? Yeah. Do you get to go lean on it and pretend to have water cooler talk with your roommates? That would be great. But we actually don't have the cooler underneath. We just have the water jug. And then we got this uh, battery powered dispenser that sits on top. Is it like a keg? Are you using it like a keg? Yeah, we do. And no one's allowed to drink out of it unless they are in full headstand position. Wow. That's the only way we drink water in my apartment. That's so cool. <laughs> it came with a ghost, but I'm cool with it. We haven't really talked about it. <laughs> you And you won't. Nah. You won't talk about it till someone moves. Yep. And you're having years later. dinner years later in Arizona. I'll be like, hey, did you ever see that prairie girl? I your prairie girl story still sticks with me. It still sticks with me. <laughs> I've been I haven't said this, but I have been sleeping with my lights on a little bit since I told you that. I'm afraid I'm gonna have per, like sleep paralysis. Oh no! Have I gotten to you a little bit? I think it's the sheer amount of stories that we listen to, and honestly, stories like this don't really freak me out. I think mm -hmm. it's when you tell me about sleep paralysis, I'm like. Uh, I'm not going to sleep well. And then I'm going to get it yeah. from April because it's contagious scientifically. And then I'm going to see the prairie girl. Do you want me to just tell you more stuff? And maybe it will like mentally confuse you and it'll just cancel everything out. You know, so you don't just have one thing sticking out in your brain, like one image. I can tell you another hallucination story. Okay. So it was the same deal. Woke up a little abruptly. Uh, in the middle of the night and I see something on the edge of my bed and it slowly slips off the edge but what it was was a bath towel I hallucinated a bath towel slipping off the edge of my bed upon waking up and there was up. no bath towel there? no oh, chills <laughs> I'm the last of the Red Hot Mamas. They've all cooled down but me. I don't pet and only neck him, no sir. I'm a mama who loves to wreck him. I can make him sizzle, make him fry and frizzle. If you want to know the truth, I can warm the cold one, give the old one 
back their flaming youth. As I'm the last of the red hot mama, I'm getting hotter all the time. Oh, would you look at that? It's ad time. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's our next story. One time, I answered the door for a guy who was dressed as a UPS driver. Had the logo on his jacket and everything. I assumed my parents had ordered something that I needed to sign for, so I answered it. After opening the door and greeting him, I realized that not only did he not have anything for me, but there wasn't even a UPS truck in sight. He told me his name was Tony, and that he was selling lawn care services around the neighborhood. I started to figure that maybe he was just a UPS worker who forgot to change his clothes before starting his second job as a landscaper or a gardener. But then he started asking me weird questions, like if we had any security cameras or large dogs in our house. We do have security cameras, but they're quite hidden, so I told him we did not. And even though our largest dog is a one-year-old beagle, I told him that we have two pit bulls. This entire time, he wasn't looking at me. He was almost looking around me, letting his eyes coast around the inside of my house, probably looking for visible signs of something valuable. But then he asked me the weirdest question of all. He asked why I had my door cracked instead of opened all the way to talk to him. I lied and said it was because I didn't want my pit bulls to see him and start going nuts. 
But the truth is, I always do this when I answer the door for strangers, so I can close it as fast as possible should they try something. He then gave me a poorly made flyer for his supposed lawn care business and went off down the street to the next house. I shut my door and locked all of the locks on it. Tony, I hope I don't see you on the news anytime soon. Wait, he dressed as a UPS man and then said that he had a lawn care service? Mm-hmm. I feel like he mixed up his scripts. Yeah, I think he lost the plot there. This guy was like way too obvious about casing the joint. Yeah, it almost <laughs> feels comical. Do you have any large dogs or cameras or burly boyfriends in there? Or uh, are you part of a football team? <laughs> do you do any kind of self-defense classes? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, if he's giving a lawn care service, he could be like, and if you have dogs, you know, they can ruin your lawn. Like, do you have a small dog or a big dog? You know, like, yeah. there could be a better way to go about that. I'm sure there's something in dog urine that can, like, kill plants or whatever, you know? Yeah, I could see that working into the conversation. I don't know how you'd work cameras into it, though. Yeah, how how could you spin that? Um, I don't like to be filmed when I work. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is he could have, you know, taken a page out of Joe Pesci's book from Home Alone. <laughs> and if he had done it like he did it, maybe he uh-huh. would have been a little bit more successful. Because he does it really well. Like, you know, the character, he plays the the fake cop at the beginning of Home Alone. Yeah. And then he cases the house by saying he's out on a patrol, like trying to keep the neighborhood safe while everyone's away on vacation. And when are they leaving? It's a really great way to case. Yeah. Dressed up as a fake authority. It's a it's a good cover. Yeah. That may be our third Home Alone reference on this podcast. <laughs> I know. I really think about Home Alone a lot. As you should. This made me think of something that happened when I was little. I was home and only my mom was there. My dad and my brother weren't there. And I remember like coming down the stairs and peeping through the rails of the staircase and seeing my mom talking through the window to somebody. Mm -hmm. And so... I want to call my mom and have her kind of tell us the story. Let's do it. Okay, mom. Okay. So early morning, I got a knock on a door from a guy who'd walked all the way up the driveway to sell me something. It's like, hi, I'm here to sell you something. Can I, can I come in? So there are windows down along either side of the door. So I wasn't talking through the door. I was talking through the window right there at the door. I said, I'm just not interested. And he goes, oh, well, this is, I just want to show you this product. I've got this incredible window cleaning product, you know, best product that's ever been, door-to-door salesman type. And I said, if I don't need anything, he goes, well, you know, I really want to show you. I said, well, then spray it on the window. Well, you know, it also cleans car windows. Why don't you come outside and look at it? I want to show you. I said, well, I'm not opening my door. The thing that was most alarming was that he wasn't satisfied showing me how it worked by spraying it on the window outside. He wanted me to come outside. He made that clear a couple times. I was home by myself. No one was in the house with me. Except for me. Yeah, except for my young child. He walked up the driveway. No car. Couldn't see any car. 
didn't have anyone with him, didn't have any tag on, no identification. He didn't identify his product by name. He didn't identify himself with the company. No literature, you know, nothing he wanted to leave me. Unconvincing. (laughs) He just really wanted me to open my door to him. It was very strange. I had a definite feeling he was up to no good. It was just a cheesy way of trying to get someone to to open the door. I rang the neighbor because I'm assuming that he's going from house to house, and she's older than I am, and she said he, he didn't show up. There was no doubt. I mean, it was probably the closest I've ever come to feeling like someone with bad intentions had been at my door. This man could have done harm. He wanted me to open that door, no doubt about it. That's really freaky. Yeah. I don't like it. And I remember watching it and then her telling me like, you shouldn't open doors for strangers unless you know who they are. Don't open the door. Wow. What a lesson to learn, like to witness it firsthand. Yeah. I was really young and I was like freaked out. Good on your mom for not just caving to the pressure and opening the door. Yeah. You know, like he was like trying to get her to come out of the house a bunch of times. If anyone's trying to like get you out of the house, somehow get you to open the door and you're not 100% on what this person's about. If it's not crystal clear what the situation is, like whatever you said last time, you're like, if there is doubt, there is no doubt. I feel like that really applies here. If it just doesn't feel right, keep the door locked. Let's tune in to another story. Pillow fight. Light as a feather, stiff as a board. At the time of the sleepover, it was me and my best friend, both around age seven or eight. We haven't talked about this incident since. We lived in Florida, about 15 minutes away from Tampa. It was one of our many sleepovers we had, and it was no different from the others. We played with Barbies, watched movies, and read books until we couldn't stay up any longer, and went to bed around 9 or 10 p.m. I turned off the lights and climbed up to my top bunk where both my friend and I were going to sleep. As I lay down, something immediately didn't feel right. Before getting in bed, I flipped on my fan and had my mom turn the AC down, but as I got into bed, my fan was turned off and so was the AC. I thought the power went out and didn't think much of it. About 20 minutes went by and I couldn't sleep and I feel like I'm dying of heat stroke. I'm not sure if my friend is awake, so I say her name quietly. She responds immediately saying, I can't sleep either, but it's not because it's hot. I look over and can barely see her in the dark. I look back up at the ceiling and say, what is it then? She responds saying, it's the man in the corner. When I say I got chills, I mean I got chills. I then slowly turn my head towards the corner. I thought she was kidding because I couldn't see anything. I let out a breath of air that I didn't know I was holding in. I go to adjust my blanket, and that's when I see him. A man, dark and tall, seeming to stare at both of us. I immediately grip my friend's hand and close my eyes hard. We have to get my mom, I whispered, and I felt my friend nod. But we both laid there, unable to move. All of a sudden, I feel the movement of someone climbing up the ladder towards the top bunk. 
The blankets moved, and I opened my eyes to see the man slowly start to crawl towards us. I was gasping for air, and I looked over to see my friend watching, paralyzed with fear. I look back at the man and can only see his outline, no features. I hold my friend's hand tight and say, Scream when I tap your finger. She nodded nervously, and as I watched the man slowly reach for my face, I tapped her hand and we both screamed bloody murder. My mom came running in, no later than 20 seconds, and flipped on the light. My friend and I were holding each other, crying hysterically. There was no trace of the man, and my mom checked all the doors, saying they were all locked and we weren't touched. We both slept on the couch that night, holding each other tightly. To this day, I don't know what it was or who it was, but I will always remember the eerie feeling of death being inches from my face. So I have had many sleepovers where I freaked myself out to the point of calling the parents to drive over, take me home so I could sleep in my own bed. I liked how you said that. Just call on the parents. <laughs> yeah, one time I asked to be picked up and taken home, but it was it was nothing. I was just feeling awkward. <laughs> you just didn't like the vibe? Yeah, I think it was someone's sleepover where there was like another group of friends there. It's probably middle school where it's like you're no you're no longer that super young age where knowing each other doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Or old enough where you're like, eh, I'll chill with new people. So I think I was like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I don't know what my place is here. Take me home. So what do you think uh what do you think of this man? Why are they always in corners? Yeah. You know, if that's something where it's like we have to fill a space in our mind. I think it probably has to do with the shadows too. Like corners are darker. Mm-hmm. In some ways. It reminds me of things my friends would do or I would do to my friends at sleepovers being like, I saw a man on the staircase to just to freak each other out. Yeah. I had a friend who frequently did things like that to me. She'd be like, do you hear that? Do you see that? You don't see that right there? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> That's the thing. I was such a scaredy cat when I was younger. And now I have overcome it. I'm still in the uh, the original April phase. We know what you want. Another ad. Right? Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What were your sleepovers like oh. growing up? Oh, my sleepover. Oh, I had some great sleepovers with my dance friends. <laughs> I will remember them forever. Oh. One time we all went on chat roulette. Oh no. <laughs> do you know you know what that is you know I that know is. that yes I do yeah that didn't last long basically the premise of chat roulette is that you pop on webcam with somebody else on webcam and you it's just random and then you can just click like next we were like let's see what this is about mm-hmm. nope didn't want to see what that was about Mm-mm. the wild west of- things like that the wild west do you remember when you first got allowed to go to a sleepover? I think I was like 12, maybe. I remember that being a really big deal when, whenever mm-hmm. like you got allowed to finally do sleepovers because yeah. I think it was kind of how I remember it was like a little bit of a rolling basis. Like, oh, she's not allowed to sleep over yet. <laughs> like things like that. <laughs> it was a big deal, but the problem was, you know, I've had sleep issues since I was like seven or eight. Yeah. At least as late as 1 a.m. Parents would have to drive to my friend's house in their pajamas, pick me up, and apologize to their parents again. <laughs> and it's it's interesting that you made it that far, and then you wanted mm-hmm. to get picked up. <laughs> is it because everyone went to sleep, and then you're like, yep. <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> also, I would get really anxious. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd feel very displaced. You know, I was like an impulsive little kid. I didn't want to miss out. And the idea of a sleepover sounded so great, because I was like, we're going to stay up all night and play games and eat junk food and watch movies. That's amazing. Let's do this. And then they would fall asleep at 11. <laughs> That's really funny. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I remember one time going to my friend's house for a sleepover and she lived in a really old house. And then I remember it like it had very high ceilings, a lot of like darker colors. Interesting. And it was just overall like very different from my house. It had a big staircase. Ooh. Probably was some sort of like Southern Gothic style. Mm, But mm -hmm. anyway, I remember having the sleepover and just being on her couch and we were just watching America's Next Top Model. Nice. Like classic. On repeat, like some kind of marathon. Mm -hmm. And we were just watching it. And then I must have fallen asleep because I remember waking up and it was like the dead of night and the marathon was still going. Like the TV was still flashing. And, um, I woke up and then she just wasn't there. And we had like had our little setup next to each other, you know, and she just wasn't there. And I just remember feeling so creeped out instantly because everything was just illuminated by the TV. That's very creepy. And then I remember like creeping around her house looking for her. And eventually like I went upstairs and she had just gone to her bed. (laughs) She just left me there. So that one friend who would try to scare me. I would go to sleepovers at her house. Almost every time I was there, they were watching some horror movie. 
<laughs> and uh, I think it was her 12th birthday. We had a sleepover and we watched The Exorcist. Oh my God. Yeah. It didn't work out. The The sound of her voice oh, yeah. in the movie, like the possessed demon voice, it'll never leave me because it's like in my bones. Oh yeah. Probably the scariest thing in that movie. I couldn't escape the sound. I went in another room. I tried to go upstairs. I could still hear the voice. You're going to have to drop a clip here. Drop a clip. Oh, man. Drop. You know what? That actually might freak me out. That clip will freak me out. Well, maybe you can recreate it with your voice. How about we both try? What? What a lovely day for an exorcism. <laughs> okay. See what you can do with that. So we've got a couple of irrational fears. I'm going to read one and then pass it off to Meredith. So here we go. Shelbs wrote in, Irrational fear. People that sleepwalk, which has evolved into sleep talkers even. They don't know what they're doing. The attack is always imminent. Plus, at summer camp growing up, there was a girl who would sleepwalk and stand next to our beds. No thanks. Shelbs, as someone who used to sleepwalk and still sleep talk sometimes, I can agree we're terrifying. And I know firsthand how scary it is to wake up to a girl standing beside your bed. Real or not. I've definitely scared a few friends and family members over the years with my sleep antics. I remember once in college, my dorm mate told me one morning that I had woken her up the night before with my giggling. And I don't remember doing this. <laughs> so it's, it's scary for both parties involved, I'll say. But yeah, the concept of someone speaking or acting without conscious self-awareness is, is very scary, actually, to witness. And also uh, to learn later on that you were doing stuff like that and have no recollection of it. So yeah, I'm with you. All right. Meredith, you're up. Sarah Elizabeth Fox wrote in, My irrational fear is just an alarm going off so loud, and I don't know what it is or what I'm supposed to do. Or there's nothing I can do. Remember the scene in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where the aliens show up to vaporize the planet? There's an alarm going off, I believe, and there's nothing anyone can do, but the end is near. It's kind of like that. Wow, that is incredibly specific, and I don't think I realized that this is a fear I also shared. Um, I don't know if anyone can relate, but I have a mini panic attack whenever my alarm goes off and I have to keep changing the music or the tone so that I don't have like a Pavlovian fear response. Also, I do remember that scene in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I think that big siren alarms going off in public spaces is really scary. And I definitely am always scanning for exits for that very reason. So honestly, good thinking, Sarah. Your fear is valid. Rattled and Shook is a Tenderfoot TV production in partnership with Odyssey. Executive producers are Donald Albright and Payne Lindsay. Co-executive producer is Meredith Stedman. Hosted and produced by April Ruha and Meredith Stedman. Lead editor and sound designer is April Ruha. Additional production by Sean Nerney. Production management by Tracy Kaplan and Jordan Foxworthy. Original score by Makeup and Vanity Set. Original art by Puppy Teeth. Follow us on social media at Rattled and Shook.